For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to episode 20 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty Jackson State Tigers. I'm your host, Charles Bishop. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast, Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I Love Jackson State University. Tonight's special guest we have on with us is Dr. Ted Flagaitis. He's the head coach of the JSU women's soccer team. Coach Flagaitis, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Well, you know, you uh, really engineered a tremendous turnaround in JSU women's soccer this past season, uh, your first season here at Jackson State. But for all our, our fans who listen to this podcast who don't know uh, Dr. Fogaitis, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, born in New York, grew up in New Jersey, so uh, spent a lot of time on the East Coast and um my father was a uh, Greek and, uh, you know, he passed along, you know, the love for the game of soccer. And, um, you know, I've had a coaching career at the division three level where I started at uh, Jersey city state in Jersey city, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've coached at a variety of NAI schools, uh, where we took uh, Hastings college in Nebraska to the national championship game. Um, my first division one position was at Western Illinois university. And then, you know, I spent a year as an assistant, uh, at the University of Pittsburgh, um, and obviously you've done some club work and some other NAI schools as well, and then landed at, at the Mecca, Jackson State University, which I'm delighted about. So, uh, you know, this is a, a real passion of mine, and it's a sport that I love, and uh, I'm really excited to get the women's program here at Jackson State going in the right direction. No doubt about it, and of course we uh, welcome you uh, to the Mecca, as you call it. Uh, your first season, you finished 8-12 overall, 7-3 and three in swag regular season play. Uh, you really injected a tremendous amount of life in this Jackson State women's soccer program, but talk a little bit about the foundation and the standards that you've set uh, for this Jackson State women's soccer program. Yeah, it's a great question you're asking. Like when I when I first got here, we were really lacking a lot of discipline, a lot of focus. I think a lot of the the passion for the game had waned from some of our players. So when I took over, basically about the end of last January last year, we really focused on creating a team culture, making sure that we were adhering to discipline, because I think we were kind of loose in a disciplined way. And my real thing was, I knew we had a lot of talented players but I knew that we had lost a lot of passion for mm. playing. You know, it had gotten lost along the way or the environment hadn't been good or they hadn't been treated the best way. So for me, it was like, we've got great people. Let me show them that I care about them. Let me help them rediscover their love for the game. And let's let's just start there. Because if our foundation is bad, we're never going to play well anyway. So 
So I really spent a lot of time focusing on the intangibles. And, you know, I think it started to pay off as our season. Uh, you talk about starting to pay off as, as the season really got up and rolling. And I wanted to, I, I came across uh, a lot of these uh, goals and whatnot and, 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 and marks that you guys hit this past season. Uh, you had a seven-game win streak on your way to the SWAC semifinals. Uh, you finished number one in the NCAA Collegiate Soccer in shot on goal percentage. Uh, this past season was the most overall wins in a season since 2016. You had the most conference wins in a season uh, since 2016. You had a, a 500 winning percentage in conference play since 2015. And it was also the most shutout wins consecutively in recent history. You know, Dr. Fagadis, talk about this talented roster that you had. And you mentioned uh, they had had the talent you uh reinstilled that passion talk a little bit about this team listen I, i'll be honest with you i thought that people slept on us a little bit in the fall like because we started so poorly right and we, and we had a really really challenging out of conference schedule i knew there would be a lot of bumps in the road and we had about eight or nine out of the 11 players in our starting lineup that were like true freshmen or sophomores so it was going to be a learning curve right and I think what people don't realize is the last 10 to 12 matches of the season in an 18-game season, we basically played with only 13 or 14 players due to the amount of injuries wow. we had. So I think, like, you know, just hearing you see, hear, rattle off some of the accomplishments we had, like, that's getting me amped up right now. I want to do <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's exciting because, you know, we had a lot of players that, okay, we had to get through the early patches that was tough, right? But it was young players getting massive match experience. Our entire back line were true freshmen. Our goalkeeper was a true freshman. So, you know, the longer you put up shutouts, when we started posting 800-plus minutes without giving up a goal, our chance to be in contests is better and better. So while while people looked at it early and went, oh, I'm going to write these guys off, they're 0-5, 0-7, whatever, they didn't realize we were playing a lot of teams that had been in the NCAA tournament the year prior. You know, so it gave us a chance to get acclimated to play against really fast teams. And we've got, like, I thought we did a nice job recruiting and bringing in people that, they didn't just have the passion for the game of soccer. They genuinely wanted to be at Jackson State. And for me, that's a big thing. If you don't want to be at Jackson State, don't, don't come. If you don't have pride in wearing our colors, don't come. So for me, that was the big piece. And I have people now on this team that they want to wear the jersey and they want to do it with pride. Like, And I, I just think we're going to continue to get better. You know, Coach, and I'm always curious about this. Uh, uh, you started season 0-10, but uh, along the way, there's a seven-game winning streak. Where is uh, Where did you see the turning point within the season, or was there a light bulb that went off? It's a great uh, – yeah, there was. Like, we were starting around the McNeese State game, even though we lost it on the road, and we lost uh, to Naja Payne to a – who was our striker at the time, to an ACL tear. Mm -hmm. We were starting to play better and better against better competition. And then we stretched University of North Alabama to a to an overtime game at home that we lost on a fluke goal with three seconds left to go in the first overtime. And you could see we were just about there. You know what I mean? We were almost turning the corner. And we just needed a good result. And then we, uh, we lost the University of Southern Mississippi on the road 2-0. But the year prior, it was either 5-0 or 7-0. because they don't have the historical background mm -hmm. to go, oh, we got thumped by this team the year prior. But that's when I was like, we're really close. And then we got on the road against Alabama A&M, and we just played lights out. And it was a phenomenal road win, and it kind of galvanized us. And, and that was really like the pushing off turning point to really playing some different kind of soccer. 
You know, Coach, you mentioned the talent that's on the team. You had uh, three second-team all-SWAC uh, team members in, in Jayla Carter, Patricia Calderon, and Bryn Walker. But uh, just talk about uh, what they brought to this team this past season. Well, I think, uh, you know, people don't realize like, Jayla Carter was essentially playing as, as a lone striker because of all of our injuries. So she deserves a massive amount of credit for knowing teams were going to key on her. And she still scored some huge goals for us, you know, scored the uh, opening goal on the road against Alabama State um, and some other timely goals. And she's got tremendous pace and that obviously causes problems. She's a competitor. Uh, Jayla played through a torn labrum that she's had for about two years. And, and no matter what level of pain, she always put the jersey on. You know, Patty was an all-conference player, and she's a central midfielder for us, very creative, very good on the ball, very good kind of 1v1 artist. And she was good at breaking down defenders off the dribble. And I think, you know, Bryn uh, actually played in the back line, but she's a center midfielder, and she was phenomenal for us as a freshman. But the thing that bothered me was that none of our back line got recognized as all-conference players, and we were one of the top four teams in the conference. Mm. And I thought they really deserved the shout-out. No doubt about it. You know, Coach, I covered a lot of, of sports in, in 2019, and, and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm glad I got you on the podcast, uh, that the the game leading up to the semifinal game in the SWAC uh, soccer tournament was probably one of the most exciting games that I have watched uh, in 2019. Uh, this is a game that featured uh, uh, you guys against Texas Southern, and it was 13 rounds of penalty kicks. And, and for our fans who are, are unaware, you know, the penalty kick is, is probably one of the most exciting uh, epic events in, in soccer, if you will. And there were 13 rounds of penalty kicks. Just talk about the the, the range of emotions in that game uh, because I was sitting on the edge of my seat, Coach. I mean, you were my 21st year, 21st year at the college level. I'm still recovering from that game. That's <laughs> right. It, it's it's you never ever ever at any level, the World Cup level, collegiate level, high school. You never, ever see 13 rounds of penalty kicks. So credit to Texas Southern for keep making them. You know, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm semi-superstitious. Like, I'm watching half the penalty kicks, and then I'm like, it's bad luck for me to watch them. So the last two, I didn't even want them to win down. But my, I had real faith that our goalkeeper was going to come through, and she made a huge save. But if you watch the videotape, like, we had, like, Sydney Wilson. Like, she's a freshman, steps up, bangs a goal. You know, so, like, just to have the nerves of steel to take a penalty kick yeah. with your entire season on the line, man, those kids showed massive heart. It was an incredible game. Like, 20 years from now, I'll remember that game. No doubt about it. I'll remember it as well. Uh, you know, Coach, you had a, a, a breakout year, if you will, in conference play, 73 uh, in the regular season in, in terms of conference. Uh, when we take a look at the SWAC soccer, uh, Howard and Prairie View, they've been uh, kind of at the top of the heap, but uh, kind of talk a little bit about the process in terms of, of being in that upper echelon of teams in this conference. Sure. Well, I mean, listen, we were we were written off for dead at the beginning of the season. I mm -hmm. think we were picked near dead last. So when I got here, they had finished in 10th place, and we jumped seven spots to finish third, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think because everyone imagined that we were just going to be like the way we were, we were going to be in the bottom, but we were too talented for that. And like I said, it was just about putting structure on. The thing that, the thing that I don't like is, and this is across the board for all the SWAC schools, I don't think the SWAC gets enough credit for the amount of dedicated coaches in the conference right now. Mm. And all these guys are doing such a good job recruiting. And everyone goes, oh, it's a SWAC school. They don't play good soccer. Like, the SWAC is on the rise. And it's in, it's exponentially better than it was 
10 years ago. And I think like all the schools deserve credit for, you know, wanting all of their sports to do well, including women's soccer. So for us, it's, you know, we're, we're continuing to, to go like, are we bringing in good human beings? Do they want Jackson state? And we don't want people that want Jackson state, like fifth on their list or fourth or third. Like we want to be number one or don't come. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So we, we've got a player coming in, an international player coming in next year. And she says to me on the phone, she goes, coach, my dream is to be at Jackson State. That's the kind of kid we want. You know, so so we're we're getting in a lot of talent right now. We're going to try to continue to do things. And, like, our team knows the standards are going to rise. The expectation rises. It doesn't get easier. It gets harder, right? Because now everyone's going to look at us and go, if we don't finish near the top, everyone's going to think we're a one-hit wonder. Right. And we don't want that. We want to become a swag powerhouse. You know, and credit to Howard for being able to do it so many years. But I know Prairie View finished – but listen, you might be talking only about four mistakes over two games that separated the two results versus Prairie View. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you actually watched the semifinal game, I thought we were better. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> a coach always thinks their team is better. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little biased, but, you know, that's the way the game goes sometimes. And I think soccer is one of those games where you can literally dominate for 89 minutes and lose in the 90th. You know, and that, and that makes it a very, very tough sport. So... Our, our, our thing culturally is like, just come in and be a good person. You want to get a degree that means something to you, you know, and we're going to take the best care of you humanly possible and get you back to your parents in one piece. And I think like, as long as our pillars are honesty and integrity, you know, and hard work, like the minute we take away any of that stuff, we're not going to be successful. So we're going to adhere to that at all times. You know, Coach, you, you touched on something in terms of the, the talent across the board uh, uh, being much better in, in this conference now. I wanted to kind of ask a, a kind of a long-range question in terms of uh, the national profile of the game of soccer, and obviously it's uh, really boomed exponentially uh, with the profile of the U.S. women's national team. Uh, how do you think that kind of plays into uh, the sort of uh, caliber player that we're recruiting now at Jackson State? Great question. Uh, tough question to answer. I think I think what's happening is, and, and I don't know how too familiar you are, but there's there's what's called the ECNL League, mm-hmm. which is the Elite Clubs National League, and there's the, 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 the DA, which is the Development Academy, which are kind of upper echelon leagues aside from your normal recreation or club team, right? So we want to attract players that are playing against the best competition, mm-hmm. but there's so many players in America now because of the boom. There's so many games. There's so many different kinds of clubs that, you know, I could literally work 365 days a year and never see all the talent in America. You know what I mean? Like, that's how prevalent it is across the U.S. So, like, it's really hard. Like, we've got to find – we want local players, right, mm-hmm. that are proud to be here. Like, I was really happy that we had Alandria Smith on our roster, right, and Jayla Carter because they're both Mississippians. Right. Right? So we want to make sure we have some local players and we want some regional players. But then we want other players – around the nation and the globe that want the HBCU experience. You know, so, like, I think we've got to be really diligent about finding people that it's the right fit. You know, and that and that's very, very hard. And I think, like, uh, Kevin Larry, who's our assistant, does a phenomenal job identifying talent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, w- we try to leave no stone unturned. You know, we always return phone calls. We always watch video. We can't take everybody, but we've got to be selective if we want to continue to be an elite-level team. 
Sure thing. And coach, I, I wanted to ask this question in terms of uh, right now, of course, we're, we're kind of dealing with uh, some unprecedented circumstances, uh, definitely in terms of coaches having access to players or, or lack of access. But uh, you guys had a, a video uh, that went viral. It's already over a thousand shares thus far. Talk a little bit about how that came to play. It was the girl's idea. They loved it, and they had seen the team do it, and they, they wanted to put it together, and I had nothing to do with it. They edited it. They composed it. They added the music. They were happy to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think right now you, what you're seeing with that video is you're seeing a team that likes one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's that's really hard to, to create sometimes. So, like, it is challenging. Like, we had a team call yesterday that went really well. We used Zoom. We had a couple of individual player meetings via a video conference today as well, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to keep things as normal as possible. Sure you know thing. what I mean? Because we're, we're all stuck in our houses. But at some point in time, you and I both know this, there's going to be sports again, and we're all going to be pumped. No doubt about it. Now, Coach, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Uh, there was the cutest little toddler in that viral video. I just had to ask, who, who, who was that toddler? That's my one-year-old. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome to see. Yeah, my four-year-old was jealous that she wasn't in it. Oh, wow. That is really awesome. So, Coach, you know, we look at the 2020 season uh, and you've made strides uh, in this 2019 season. But uh, looking forward, what, what are the things that uh, Jackson State women's soccer needs to do uh, to, to press forward, to uh, really put pressure on those upper echelon teams? I think we're doing it. I think I don't think anybody wants to play us. I'll be very honest with you. Like, we have a lot of weapons. I think we're really close to challenging for a title. I think we've tried to bring in a lot of recruits. Like, our incoming class is quite talented and varied, and I think we're going to be able to make a run, but it's all about performing well when it counts, right? Like, if you look at our women's basketball team, right, I see them training all the time. I see them doing individual work. Mm. They're always making sacrifices. So the season they had, I'm delighted for them, right? And I I hope our players are looking at what our basketball team accomplished and went, I want that. I want a title. I want a regular season championship, but – let me tell you something. At the college level, there are no titles without sacrifice. You know, so I hope we're looking around and going, our peers on the women's basketball team, I've made the sacrifices. We've got to match that because our talent level is just as good to compete for a title. That's awesome to hear. Of course, we're talking with Coach uh, Dr. Ted Flagaitis of Jackson State Women's Soccer. You know, Coach, as we get ready to close things up, uh, are there any final thoughts or, or things that you would want to tell uh, the Jackson State fans out there uh, in terms of really galvanizing around this team and getting community support behind this team? Yeah, I think if you've never come watch us play, come watch us play. We've got an exciting team that's going to be kind of electric. Um, I think we're going to make the community proud. I thought that we did a good job of that last year. And I think you've got an entire team that's proud to be at JSU and to wear the jersey. And I know it's not, I know soccer is not everybody's number one sport. But I promise you, if you come out and watch us, you're going to come again. And, and I hope in turn that we can support everybody else in the community that wants us to come out and help them. No doubt about it. Uh, Dr. Vagaitis, we wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast and for sharing your perspective of this really exciting team. You guys had a tremendous 2019. Looking forward to the 2020 season. And I wanted to make sure uh, that when we uh, send this podcast out, I wanted to let people know that that viral video will be within the a link of this podcast. So I wanted to make sure we got that out there. Awesome. I just wanted to thank you, gentlemen, for having me come on. 
Uh, I think this was an experience. It's a, it's a total honor to speak with you guys, and uh, I wish you well. And let us know if we could do anything for the show. No doubt about it. Thank you, Dr. Ted, for guiding us, for coming on tonight. That'll do it for episode 20 of the Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or comment while you're at it. And we'll be sure to read it on air. And guys, I can't stress this importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger you know we're on all Podcast Atlas, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for the support. I'm Charles Bishop, and go Tigers! Hashtag Pack the Vet. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.